Michelle. Hi, hey. And this podcast, we read To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. This week, we actually like this book, right? For the I like this book. Michelle is like, I mean, it's not my favorite book. I'm not suddenly an evangelist for this book, but of the four books we've now read, this is definitely the winner. Like, yeah, it's probably true. I still wasn't, like, super smitten with it. There are parts that I really enjoyed. Um, I really loved the characters in this book, but at some point I found the plot to be a little bit cheesy. I don't know. And I didn't love the ending in particular. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But, yeah, this is a favorite of the four books we read. Yeah. Granted, the three books we read before we didn't like, and one of them we just flat out hated. So That's true. <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna start right. by so let's start by kind of introducing the cast of characters. So the main kind of family that we're following um, is this family with three girls and a dad. Um, and the mom has died probably about eight years prior. Yeah, I five think so, to eight years prior. Because the youngest daughter doesn't really remember right her mom, and the youngest daughter is ten. ten. So that's really accurate. Yeah, I think it was somewhere around there. So it's been the three girls and their father for a while. Yeah. Uh, the mom died of cancer, mm-hmm. which I do appreciate the way the mom's death was handled in the book because it wasn't just, I felt like it wasn't just used to like score trauma points. Because <laughs> I feel like in most YA novels, if something like remotely tragic has happened, it's like scarred the character for life. And obviously like the death of your mother would have like continue to have effect on you your whole life. But in this book, it's not like used as a plot point. That, like, the book hinges on, right? Right. I mean, they obviously, but at the same time, it's not just kind of, like, brushed off as a fact to set up the yeah. plot. They do address it, and they talk about um, their mother was Korean, and their dad is white. So they talk about how their dad's kind of attempted to keep them in touch with their Korean background, and um, kind of how their mother's de- death has affected they're standing in the community and how different people responded. So you do get to see kind of the effects, but it is eight years out, so it's not used as a trauma anymore is more just, like, a part of their life. Yeah, I thought it was handled really well. And, yeah, it wasn't typical YA where, like, every character is emotionally damaged. Right. Beyond all belief. Yeah. <laughs> By everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get the dad, and he is a doctor of some mm-hmm. sort. So he works in a hospital, and he's gone quite frequently. Um, and so Margo, who's the eldest child, is kind of responsible for caring for everyone. And when we start, we're, um, we're kind of introduced to these characters right before Margot leaves to go to college. And she's going to college in Scotland. Um, University of St. Andrews. So. <laughs> she'll I've be been the- accepted there for graduate school. <laughs> That's why I care. Um, so she'll be leaving. And the next oldest is our narrator. Um, so her name is Laura, Laura Jean. Jean. <laughs> um, and so we'll probably screw up on calling her Laura Jean. <laughs> but FYI, her name is Laura Jean. There is no U. Yeah. That's fine. But pronouncing things is not my strong suit, so we'll go with what we got. Okay? <laughs> um, so, so she's sort of the narrator, and she's two years younger, so she's 16. Um, and then we have the youngest sister, who's 10, whose name is Kitty. Um, so you're kind of introduced to this cast of three sisters, Margot being really, like, the mother figure, and she's about to leave. So it's really about how Lara Jean and Kitty are going to deal with Margot leaving for college. It's kind mm-hmm. of how we're introduced to this story. Yeah. 
And I, like Michelle said also, I like the characters. Um, I thought they had, like, an interesting sister relationship. Like, they're close, and, like, you see, like, the different roles they occupy as sisters. Right. Margot's the responsible one who's, like, taking care of the family and, like, always knows when appointments are and cooks dinner. Lara Jean is, like, try- she's the second oldest. She's trying to, like, you know, become Margot when Margot goes away to college. And obviously is, like, not Margot, and so kind of struggles a little bit and is not, like, the perfect Martha Stewart homemaker that her sister was much better being. And then Kitty is the youngest, and she's cool. She, she's, she's a, a very fam- good negotiator. <laughs> she's the family hair braider. <laughs> also that. I wish my family had a hair braider, because it's not me. That'd be cool. I love having people braid my hair. It's, I like, the most comforting hair. feeling in the world. Also, then you have a braid in your hair, which is yeah. cool. So it's, I like, a two-for-one. So. I can braid my own hair, but then it's not fun and, like, relaxing. It's, like, real stressful. I can do it, but, like, <laughs> I do it pretty badly. And I can't do anything, like, cool. Like, that stuff you see on, like, Pinterest or Instagram, I can't do that. Yeah. I have so. definitely more bra- braiding skills than Paige. But still, yeah. like, if I'm doing anything more than just, like, a basic braid, yeah, it gets stressful. Because trying to French braid without bumps is hard. And then, like, fishtail braiding always seems like a really good idea. But then it takes me, like, it's 47 hours. And then it gets frizzy. Horrible. By the time I'm done, I'm, like, at the bottom of my hair, the top of my hair has already started to, like, frizz out of the fishtail. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Michelle, yeah, they look so great in pictures. They, they do turn out so. Well I always want to wear them in the summer because I feel like it's very like, just like a summer hairstyle that you would wear mm-hmm. and like look cool and have your life together and like a bright summer sundress. But mostly, it just turns into like a cloud yeah. of hair that doesn't want to be in a fishtail. Yeah. Also, I have a lot of hair, so fishtailing takes a while because yeah, to go we down. We both have really long hair. Mine is to my waist. How long is? Yours. Yeah, mine's about, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's long. Yeah, so we both have long hair. So, like, braiding <laughs> is, like, like it's a, a tricep workout. Right. Like, no other. And, like... And I would really, I like... I played rugby. I lifted weights. But, like, French braiding your own hair is <laughs> really effortful. Like, I don't think people understand this. All these, like, CrossFit bros, like, whatever. When you can French braid, like, five feet of hair on your own head, like, come back and talk to me then. You don't understand the pain. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, that's her role. <laughs> that's the sister. <laughs> and they also have this neighbor, Josh, who is a year above yeah. Lara Jean and a year yeah. below Margot. So he's, um, he's right in between the two. So he's probably about 17. Yeah. He's a senior in high school. Lara Jean is a junior in high school. And Margot will be a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. This is like the summer before. Starts the summer before Margot goes. Just a few days. Yeah. Before Margot Off leaves. to school. Um, and Josh is also a character I really liked as well. Like, he's good friends with their family. They obviously have, like, a very close relationship, and he's been involved with them for years. And eventually he ends up as Margot's boyfriend. Um, and that's, like, sort of sets up the whole plot, basically. Right. So, essentially, yes. you want to talk about what happens? Yeah. Um, so, yep, Josh is Margot's boyfriend, but Margot decides she doesn't want to have a boyfriend when she goes off to college, so they break up right before she leaves, like, probably less than a week before she leaves, and she doesn't tell her family, because why would you? <laughs> and, like, Josh is very much a part of their family, too. Right. No, he, like, comes over very frequently, and blah, blah, blah. Lara Jean knows about it. Does, she, does Margot tell her, or does she just, like, she find out? I think I she might know. just see it. I think, yeah, I think she sees it, like, happening. Um, but anyway, so she doesn't tell anyone, which is, like, a continued thread of people, like, keeping seats. They're, like, very close, but they also like to not tell people things. 
So Yeah, they try not so and I mean I guess I don't really understand why Mara doesn't tell her family. I guess because she doesn't <laughs> want to deal with it right before she goes after right. school. That they're going to... Because Margo also keeps saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, like, it's fine, like, it doesn't matter to me, and, like, it's the right thing to do. Margo had, like, a very good relationship with Josh, and Josh is a part of their family outside of just being her boyfriend. So I don't right. know why she thought not telling her family was going to work out. Right. I don't know. I, I think, think she just didn't want, like, any sympathy. I think she didn't right. want it to be any... She didn't want anyone to comment on it. Right. Margo was definitely presented as someone who's very, like, stony and not very, like, emotional. And that's, I think, part of the reason she's seen as the responsible one and part of how she sees her own role in the family mm-hmm. is to be someone who's kind of unaffected and is just kind of this rock for the family. So she knows that a big change is coming, and so I think she doesn't want to add any more stress mm-hmm. to the family. It's a stupid idea. I'm not <laughs> this is a good it idea. It seems like after she got to St. Andrews, she could just be like, FYI, we're broken up, so you don't need to ask Josh right. about me because I'm not right. talking to him. Yeah, so. she doesn't, she like never tells them. Yeah. I think it's just like the dad figures it out eventually. Or maybe Lord, maybe da- the dad still doesn't know. I don't remember how <laughs> they find out. I don't know if maybe like Josh finally says something, Lord Jean finally says something, Margo finally says something, or the dad just figures it out. I don't Kitty know. Kitty says happens. something. Probably it was Kitty. Kitty, Kitty. Kitty has no time for this bullshit. <laughs> Kitty is the best character in this book by far. <laughs> she braids everyone's hair and she's just like, stop, you guys are being ridiculous. <laughs> Though Kitty, we will see, also, like, she's also, like, ten and, like, is used to kind of, like, getting her way and, like, can be a little bit vindictive. She's also the yeah. worst. <laughs> <laughs> she's the youngest child. This is how they behave. I know. Yeah. I'm also from a family of three girls, so I have two younger sisters. I'm the Margot of the family. So I understood these dynamics well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's their family. So that's how everything gets set up. Margaret goes off to college. Now, the title of this book, as we said, is To All the Boys They've Loved Before. And Laura Jean has been in the habit, since I think she started this probably in seventh grade, of she, when she, like, falls in love or, like, has a crush on a guy, and this has happened with, like, five mm-hmm. guys, um, she will write a letter to whatever boy she's currently in love with or whatever um, about them, about her, like, about her feelings or whatever. She Essentially, she writes a love letter. I don't know why I didn't say I don't know why I spent a lot of time describing <laughs> what a love letter is without saying that. Um, I, don't, I don't do this, and I don't write these letters, so yeah. I forgot what they're called. I wonder how many boys I would have written them to. I feel like five is more than I, like, really, like, fell in love with throughout high school and middle school. Me too, because I feel like that number for me is probably zero. <laughs> Paige is a stone cold bitch. I don't feel. Margo doesn't have feelings, and Margo Margo believes this is. I was like, I really love Margo, and I like really associated with Margo because I feel. I was like, that's cool. I am the eldest, also, so team Margo. But then she says that I feel like everyone should fall in love at least twice in high school, and I was like. Margo, you are dumb. <laughs> that seems a little bit, like, wasteful of your emotions. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, yeah, so she writes these letters, and she sticks them in a hat box in her room, and she doesn't send them, because yeah. that'd be embarrassing. This is just for her. Like, this is, like, a form of catharsis. Like, she gets right. out all of her feelings on paper, and then she's essentially over it. Like, that's the function right. of these letters. She writes the letter, and she's done. And she moves on. She moves, she moves on. on. Which I think is healthy. Yeah, no, I think this is a... She's just, like... It's, like, a journaling practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she hides it in a hat box and puts it on top shelf of her closet. 
and Lars being clearly so you believes need to hide things in privacy and family privacy. Um, because she just trusts that if the hat box is in their closet, no one goes through it. I don't trust that at all. I Yeah, my secret letters are hidden. Yeah, if I don't want you to see it, my It's like in a false yeah. bottom to a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Keep that stuff. Actually most of it's on my computer. And like strange places. Yeah. Like I, folders within folders of, of like things mislabeled as like chemistry projects from <laughs> school but yeah so which is strange it's strange that she's so trusting because she once margo leaves she like goes through margo's stuff all the time and just like picks out clothes (laughs) there's this like pair of boots that margo leaves and she just like goes in her room and gets them because she would like to wear them and will like go through margo's clothes to find like clothes she wants to wear and like margo's closet like she just goes through margo's stuff like she's not being malicious obviously but she also sees no problem with just going into margo's room all the time and just taking yeah what she wants I guess she must think she's, like, the only one doing that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, all I have, I would not be as trusting. Like, no. congratulations on having, like, a really functional family dynamic. Um, but I'm definitely not leaving anything remotely close to, like, love letters. <laughs> laying anywhere someone could find them. Right. Also, the hat box that your mom gave you to keep your, like, secret things is probably, like, I'm the first place I would look. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So... What they get sent. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, this is, and we have not spoiled the plot yet. This is what you know going into the book. Yeah. Um, we will spoil the plot, obviously, but we haven't yet. Um, you still have time to shut this off. So what happens is that she and Kitty get in a fight. I can't even remember what it's about. But like we said, Kitty it's about Josh, like, I think. I oh, it is. So Kitty really wants a dog, and Mar or not Margot, Lara oh, Jean starts bad. teasing teasing her about the dog. And saying that she's going to name it Josh because... Well, she doesn't even say that. She doesn't. But the implication is that she would. Lara Jean oh. knows... I guess Kitty kind of has a crush on Josh. Everyone has a crush on Josh. Apparently, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the love letters is also for, for Josh in the hat box. Right, so Lara Jean was in love with Josh before Margot was. Like, way before Margot and Josh started dating. Right. And But Lara Jean saw that, like... Well, what? Josh asked out Margot, and so she was like, okay, yeah. cool, bye. And she, and like, moved on. That's why she wrote the letter, and she let it go. Because she's not, she was in love with Josh before Margot was, but she's not going to do anything to sabotage her relationship. Because she knows the rule that you can only date one sister. <laughs> Obviously, now Josh has made Margot his choice, so she's clearly going to, like, let it go and move on. Yeah, so she writes this letter, and... Yep, yep. So I guess Kitty also had like a crush on Josh or whatever. And Lara Jean, I guess Kitty wanted to name the dog Josh. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Josh but like, not house. really. Like, that's not, not yeah, what that's Kitty not wanted to name the dog. But dog. like, I don't know. They're sisters. She was just being mean to her. I mean, she was just like kind of teasing Kitty about what she would name the dog. And Josh was over. And so Kitty and Lara Jean both know. Mm. obviously about Kitty's crush on Josh and Laura and Jean would not actually say Josh's name in front of Josh but then obviously he asked what they're <laughs> talking about and Kitty gets really upset and Laura Jean was never actually going to say it but, but like but it was still mean so anyway Kitty and then the next day the letters Kitty get sent the deep end, though. <laughs> and you're like hmm and you don't like actually find out who sent them to the end of the book but unless you're a moron you realize it's Kitty like for a while Laura, Laura Jean thinks that like her dad took the hat box to Goodwill which 
Yeah. One, why would he just, like, go in her closet, just take the hat box, not open it, not look and see that there was stuff inside? You just, like, if there's a box and you're taking it to Goodwill, you always try to make sure there's I nothing know, in right? it. Um, and so she, like, goes to Goodwill, and the Goodwill people are like, we don't know what the heck you're talking about, and... Because it's not like they're keeping track of every laugh right. when it comes to Goodwill. And she's, like, freaking out because the box is missing. I think, actually, someone gets a letter before she realizes the box is missing. Yeah. So, what happened... So, like, obviously, we know that Kitty has... Taken the hat box, sent the letters. Which, holy crap. I would How did Kitty have... My did mind. she address them? Why would you put addresses on them? I, Kitty, like, look them up in the... Like, how the heck Apparently, you get addresses? Kitty got addresses and Or Laura, Laura Jean was like, ready to mail these. I don't think so. I think she just wrote the letter, because that's all she's ever going to do with Right, her. why would you put an address? Who yeah. got the address? Mystery. <laughs> Kitty did. But she, she got that wrong address for some of them. She well, like, no, got some expired. people, like, moved or whatever. Right, like, a I while ago. I don't know. Who knows? They got sent by Kitty, obviously. Um, and so someone ends up with, like, a letter, and she's like, oh, my God. Like, how did anyone get this? And freaks out and, like, goes home and realizes, well, Peter gets it first. We'll talk about Peter later. Wait. Peter comes up to her, like, with the letter she wrote in, you know, like, freshman year, eighth grade or something. Eighth grade. Eighth grade, yeah. Like, before high school, they're now... Juniors. Juniors. She's 16. And has she this letter, and he's, like, asking her about information in it, and she's, like, freaking out, right. obviously. I would lose my mind if this happened to me. I don't have any love letters for people to find, but I do have, like, journals and stuff, and I would lose my shit. Like, <laughs> I would right. maybe kill someone. I'm mostly into nonviolence, but I think if someone went through my journals, I would have a hard time um, not, like, physically assaulting someone. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, get it, but I also would have, like, played it off, because when you're 16, like, 8th grade was a real long time ago. Like, you're a very different person when you're 16 than when you're, like, 13 in middle 14. school. 14. <laughs> you are the end of 8th grade. I mean, like, I think she does a little bit, and is like, I'm over that, like, whatever, that was a long time ago. But also, she, like, is freaking out. And, like, I get that you might internally freak out, but I probably wouldn't yeah. externally freak out. I would be like, but if that's just... from 8th grade, whatever. Okay. I don't know who sent that. And then I would go home and murder my sister, because I... Because what kind of moron wouldn't figure out that her sister meant them? Right. Well, okay, here's the thing. But if someone just shows up with a letter that, as far as you know, has is on the top shelf of your closet <laughs> forever and ever, and suddenly someone has it, the person that it's addressed to, yeah. I'm not, like, I don't think you're prepared for that. And so no. you might try not to, like, lose your mind visibly, but it's I just a It's tough from, like, eighth grade. Yeah, but so like, what? Like, it's there in black and white now, so... Super awkward. Yeah, I guess so. Even if it's from a long time ago, you know, the people are still alive, obviously. (laughs) And, like, they still have, like, some memory of what she's talking about, the letter and everything. So they may have forgotten about it before, but now you have the letter in front of you, so now you remember. So the letters, we'll just go quickly through the letters. So she sends one to Peter. We'll talk about a little bit more depth later. And then she sends them to Josh, the neighbor. She doesn't send them, but she writes them. Okay, well, they get sent um, to Josh, the neighbor. And then there's one that gets sent back to her. Some guy she met at, like, I don't know, church camp. Yeah. He moved, I guess. So, like, thank God there's one person that didn't get one. Yeah, and then there's one kid, and then everyone knows he's gay. So it's like, he, like, comes up and talks to her about it, but he's like, just so you know, I'm gay. And she's like, like, okay, bye. (laughs) She's like, I didn't know that when we were in seventh grade together when I was in love with you, but now that we're 16, like, everyone knows that. Um, so, and then there must be one other one, but there's one other, but he goes to a different school, so she never has to see him. Yeah. She doesn't Um, actually know, she doesn't actually know if he got the letter, too. 
Because he goes to different school. Right. They didn't actually talk or anything. Yep. Um, so we really just only have these two important people that got letters. We have Josh, who's the neighbor, and then Peter. And Peter is this guy that she, like, Super kissed in eighth grade because, like, the game of, like, spin the bobble or something. Yeah. And then she was, like, wrote a letter to him. But now he's super popular. He's dating, like, one of their ex, like, one of her former friends. No, her actual um, friend's cousin. I know, but they were former friends. Oh, like, that's the right. three of them used to hang out all the time. He's dating Genevieve. Oh, my gosh. There's so many people involved. Um, so, Chris is her best friend. And Chris is the worst character in this book. <laughs> <laughs> she's so annoying. She's, like, the worst. She's just, like, a rotten child that is always causing problems. And Laura Jean is, like, such a good person, like, not person, not that if you do rotten things in high school, you're a bad person. Laura Jean's, like, a model student. <laughs> Laura Jean is, like, a model citizen, mm-hmm. and, like, does everything she's supposed to, but she's best friends with this girl, who is, at one point, they, like, talk about how, in freshman year, she got wasted on Four Loco and climbed up on to someone's roof and did a striptease. So, like, freshman year, so 14-year-old Chris, and it's just only escalated from there. Is that a story, or was that actually true? Um, I think we find out that, like, some things Chris did were, like, not actually, that didn't actually happen. It was, like, a rumor, a story or something. Right. And Chris's home life is, like, pretty bad, it appears. She, like, flees home a lot to, like, come to Lara Jean's house. Which, I guess, if you, like, are this bad, maybe her parents just are, like, trying to punish her for being bad. I don't know. Yeah, who knows what's going on. But she's annoying. I don't like her. She gets into some trouble. She does things that, like, maybe are probably not, like... Great choices. Also appears to be Lara Jean's only friend. Yeah. And she... she Besides Josh. Right. But she's also described as kind of like... Like a cat that just like comes... (laughs) Maybe even a feral cat. Like... (laughs) Or like a straight cat. That like will come by and like hang out when she feels like it. But if she doesn't feel like it, she's not going to be over. So it's like a very hit or miss on whether they're actually spending time together. It's not what Aristotle would call a friendship of excellence. No. So... I don't like Chris. But anyway, Chris, Genevieve is Chris's cousin, and they hate each other. Chris and Genevieve hate each other. And so Lara Jean... Because they're very, like, polar opposites. Right. And so Lara Jean has obviously sided with her friend Chris, and so no longer really speaks with Genevieve, and is kind of... They aren't really, like, enemies, I would say, as much as Chris and Genevieve are, but they just, like, don't speak to each other. And Genevieve is, like, very popular, and so, like... Right. Is not... They're large, you and her aren't friends, and she's kind of like a mean girl, obviously, and she's Peter's girlfriend at the time. Also, before, so hopefully we've, like, straightened out our explanation, which we kind of did in fits and starts. But I think you probably got it now. Um, mm, there's a lot of people. Most of them are important. <laughs> um, one thing, though, before we go on is, in case you haven't figured it out on your own, there's, like, super strong Little Women vibes going on in this book. Again, their sister is not four, but three. They have a neighbor that they're really close to, um, a boy their age. So if you've read Little Women, you know the March sisters are good friends with Lawrence next door, who ends up having, like, romantic relationships with, well, he wants one with one sister, who's like, this is a poor, poor idea. We'll never get along. And then eventually falls in love with a different sister and gets married. Hopefully you've read Little Women. Otherwise, I'm just telling you the plot right now. Sorry. You should still read it, though. Um, and also, the whole fact of Kitty sending Lara Jean's letters is close to a fight that two of the sisters have, Joe and Amy and Little Women, where Amy burns all of Joe's writing. Like, Joe had been writing a bunch of stories that she'd been really proud of. Like, working on them for years, has all this writing, and Amy burns it. 
um, when she gets really mad at Joe, and I would have also strangled that sister. I don't know how more of these sisters don't, like, maim or attack. Maim. Well, I, maybe not Paige kill, Paige's but brother. maim. <laughs> Paige doesn't have any sisters, so she doesn't know. But if all my sisters started burning my stuff or going through my stuff and sending, like, love letters I'd written, I would lose it. But you're old now. Like, yeah, I maimed my sisters when we were younger, but now we turn to, like, more insidious forms of violence toward one another emotionally. That's fine. Just, like, don't go through <laughs> my stuff, okay? Don't go through my stuff. Don't burn my stuff, for heaven's sakes. This is before, like... Okay, now she's talking to Little Women, which is not what this podcast is about. <laughs> we're not burning stuff. We're sending stuff in this book. Don't do it either way. Don't touch my stuff. Right, it's obviously... Um. Later, Kitty apologizes for it and is, like, really sorry. <laughs> it happens. It's a bad mistake. That's fine. Sometimes you when you're 10... Sorry. I think I was a worse one when I was 9 than any point in my teenage years. Like, this, like... I had this year of, like, pre-teen, just, like, horrendous behavior. My parents, like, literally almost murdered me. Um, I was also in my mom's class. Like, my mom teaches elementary school. And that year, I was in her class. So I was, And she was my Girl Scout troop leader. So we were just never apart, and I just wanted to murder her, and she wanted to murder me. At one point, I got sent to another class for a week, (laughs) like, in fourth grade. So, like, you have one teacher, and they were like, you know what? You're going to go to Mrs. Watts' fourth grade class. I don't think her name is Mrs. Watts, because that was my sister's first grade teacher, so. Um, (laughs) But whatever. So I went to her class, and, like, became part of her class for a week, because my mom couldn't tolerate me. So anyway, like, nine and ten-year-olds are also the worst human beings ever. Because I was a great third grader. This fourth grade. I was a great fourth grader. Well, I was rotten, but my mom was also my teacher, so. I'm sure that had Positive maybe a effect. little <laughs> something to do with I that. I was the worst. My sisters were also the worst when they were nine. Different, differently. One of my sisters is, like, a, a crier, and fourth grade she just, like, cried the whole year. <laughs> and it was, like, the worst, and I was mean. I was just mean to everyone, and my youngest sister also, I think, chose the mean route. So. I think I had more anger than my younger sister, but oh my goodness. So fourth, tenth, ten-year-olds, the worst. But anyway, so yeah. Yeah, so this book is basically, her letters get sent, and then she has to deal with basically the fallout right. of Peter and Josh are the main people that are still in her life. Um, Peter is like, sort of like, kind of breaking up with Genevieve, has, is like, now broken up. He breaks yeah. up with her. He breaks up with Genevieve. <laughs> um, We're very unclear on what's happening with Peter and Genevieve this whole book. Yeah. Which is frustrating to me. Well, it's because Genevieve keeps trying... Well, Peter keeps... Okay. Genevieve wants Peter around when she can't get anything better. And she's mad that somebody, anybody else... No, I don't think that's it. Yeah. There's something happening. What are you talking about? I'm talking about later in the book. All right. We'll discuss that later, I guess. Michelle's going to have to remind me because I don't remember. Um, and then, obviously, having your letter sent to your next-door neighbor, who you've been, like, good friends with... And your sister was dating until, like, two weeks earlier. Obviously, that's... Like, super awkward. It's one thing that, like, Peter, but now, like, Josh, you have an actual relationship with. And also, the dad still doesn't know that Margot and Pete, uh, that Josh and Margot broke up. The dad is well-meaning, but does not always know what's going on. He's, like, very sweet and, like, very nice to the, you know, like, he clearly has a good relationship with his daughters, but he's also kind of a doofus and has no idea what's happening. <laughs> like, he's, he, I mean, he's clearly, like, pretty overworked as far as, like, trying to be a single parent and also be, like, a doctor who's on call in the hospital at, like, odd hours and, like, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, you know, and his wife is dead. Like, to no fault of his own, does he, is he sort of unaware of what's happening? But he is. For whatever reason he is, yeah. 
Um, and so she also has to deal with Josh, who is like, oh my god, what's happening? Which, one of the reasons she has to confront Josh is that, like, her locker door gets stuck. So, life lesson number one, never use a locker, because they tie you down. And you have to carry everything with you at the, like, at the same time, so you can get away. If you have to get stuff out of a locker, like, you're gonna lose a lot of time if you have to make a run for it. Just saying. Yeah, I Paige, never used a locker. Paige literally couldn't open it. It's <laughs> a combination lock. Also, because I didn't need one, I carried Paige, everything around with me. Paige literally brings her house with her everywhere. So Paige is at my house. If right I now, ever had to go and into Paige brought three bags with her. Okay, well, okay, all right. I have to bring all the stuff for the podcast. I have to bring my laptop. So with my laptop bag with its charger and like the stuff that we need for podcasting and then I have the bag with the microphone that we still can't like figure out how to use which is fine because it probably is not like not any better quality than anything else <laughs> if you scream into it works that's what we found out today <laughs> um I had to bring like the book I have highlighters I have the book in my house I know but I brought a different book because you need the next book and I usually oh, yeah. bring the book because I usually have the book I usually have the book so I have the bag with the book and the highlighters and a clipboard with my last week's notes and then I have my purse with me because it has my driver's license and my credit card and my cell phone and my sunglasses and my keys. And because I have to go to Walmart after this, I have to buy cat food, apparently. <laughs> so I have to carry a lot of stuff around. I'm not carrying my laptop bag in a Walmart. I have to have my purse. But all, anyway, all of these bags are tote bags. None of them are like, <laughs> when she says purse, it's like a... Like, it's also a tote bag. It's, it's a tote, tote bag. bag. All my purses like, are tote bags, obviously. <laughs> I carry a lot of shit with me all the time. I your laptop in it, but... I'm the Mary Poppins of my friends group also. No, it's Mary Poppins. All the flipping time for how big my bag is. But guess what? Whenever something happens and someone needs something, I'm the one who has stuff in my bag. I am the one who carries around people's water bottles and coats and all the stuff that they leave behind. They're like, I can't carry this now. I'm the one with it in my bag. I'm the one who has like the first aid kit and the granola bar. Like, whatever. People make fun of me all the time. But you know who always has what they need? Me. Because she brings her house with her. Again, if I ever had to, like, go into hiding immediately, I would be fine. You have to take it. <laughs> Oops, also, I don't know what your Also, is Mary like. Poppins has a magic bag, so her bag is probably, like, the bag she brings when she, like, moves into this family's house is probably smaller than the three bags that Paige has with her. <laughs> so Paige just needs a Mary Poppins bag. Is what she yeah, to anybody can hook me up with a magic bag. You like, can email us. <laughs> let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, back, Whatever. back what to the talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh. Use a locker. They tie you down. <laughs> you can use a locker. I had a locker. Paige technically used that locker. I think you were, your name was Like I locker. never put my stuff in it. Our chemistry books was in the locker. That's literally it. The locker was only useful for, like, telling our chemistry teacher, for asking a chemistry teacher, can we go to our locker? So All three of us need class. to go together. <laughs> so we could leave class. That was what we used our locker for. Yeah. For, like, good reasons. We didn't just, like, cut class for, like, no reason. But we would, you, we would, if we needed to go, like, plot something, we'd be like, can we go to our locker? Which, as a teacher, pisses me off. I'm sorry. Bring your freaking materials to class. No, you cannot leave my class for 10 minutes to go wander around the hallways because you forgot to bring your chemistry book. Bring it with you before you go. In fact, don't use a locker. Just carry all your stuff around, and then you'll always have it. We were, like, in many ways, like, the worst students. Like, the type of students you would not want. But I feel like all of our teachers loved us. Maybe that's not true. We were, like... <laughs> but I think we were beloved, and that's why we got to get away with all of this shit. Like, we were, last podcast, and I talked about how I ditched class. What, well, I didn't ditch. I asked my English teacher to leave class so I could write a paper for another class. Um, that And leaving to go... All three of us, so there was three of us in our chemistry class, sometimes four of us, that would all go to our locker together. Um... 
this kind of nonsense is like if I was a teacher, I would never allow it, but I was always allowed because our teachers loved us and we loved them. On one level, I mean, we were really good students. Like, we did our work and like we got good grades yeah. and we listened and like we had good relations with our teachers and like on one level we were really good. We were really good students. On another level, we also like pulled a lot of shit. Um, but we did. We got <laughs> we got away with it also because usually the stuff we were doing was like valuable to the larger community. Right. We were not pulling shit for ourselves. We weren't doing drugs. We weren't going to the bathroom and, like, doing a line of coke. Like, that's the drug high schoolers do is cocaine. I don't think... No, just is, like, at the fancy high school. <laughs> that's true. I guess if you went to, like... We can't say, because then you'll know where we live. You'll come murder us. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the fancy high school... If you went to, like, Gossip Girl School in New York. Right. Maybe you do cocaine there. I think they do. Probably. They, do, they drink us so much champagne. And those in like high school. I, I mean, actually like, don't know anything about Gossip Girl. I love so, Gossip Girl. The TV after, show. I tried to read the books because I loved the TV show, mostly because of the clothes, and I don't know why. I thought the clothes would really transfer to the books because I didn't. <laughs> I could not get through one of the books. They were horrible. The books are like they're so not cool. appropriate for teenagers. Even though they're marketed teenagers, Ugh. and I say that as someone who's no read one... some like stuff that is also technically not appropriate for teenagers, but like it had redemptive value in the fact that it was either like literature or like. Like, I'm not against there being, like, adult material or whatever in books that teenagers read. I mean, if you looked at our English syllabus, yeah. some of that stuff was intense. So, like, right. that's fine. But, like, the Gothic Girl books are just, like, horrible. But it's, like, no adult could ever read them. Like, they're, because the language is so, like, not, like, explicit, but just, like, poorly constructed. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's written in the way that, like, teenagers speak. In, like, the worst sense of the word. If, like, John Green's books are often, like, picked apart for the teens, not, like, no teen actually speaks this way, and there's a lot of, like, SAT vocab words thrown in there, Gossip Girl would be the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, maybe some teens might speak a little bit like this, but it's because they've, like, never read a book in their life. (laughs) So they don't know how to put together a sentence. So. Yeah. They just seem like. Well, they're not quality literature. I wouldn't recommend it, (laughs) is what we're saying. But anyway, Surprise. they didn't coke in them. Back to we've gone <laughs> I don't remember real far we're away. We were still talking about lockers. lockers. <laughs> um, yeah. well, well, okay, so that's what happens. So don't use a locker. <laughs> More of the story, because cocaine. <laughs> anyway, I do appreciate that the fact that the main character, like, Doesn't he does try and, like, deal with, like, the fallout from these letters. And, like, I appreciate that the fact that I feel like she was, like, a good pretty realistic character she wasn't like a crazy person she didn't just like become like super emotional like obviously like like she has her moments where i mean like if this happened to anyone i feel like you would kind of i know i would be psychotic if this happened to me um but i appreciate that she didn't take like the standard ya route of being like i don't know like super emotional and like like the stuff that she does maybe it's not stuff it's not stuff that i would have done it's not the (laughs) way i would have chosen to get out of this problem but it's not totally unreasonable right there's not like huge just like right leaps and right so what she does <laughs> now that we said that we agree with it in some respects so she decides that she's gonna pretend date peter um and peter just broke up with genevieve to, right because she, she wants josh off right because they really bad at Right, because she has, like, a friendship relationship with Josh, and so she, like, doesn't want to ruin that, but um, she also, I don't know what's happening. 
What are you talking about? She. I lost. Entirely. <laughs> she just wants to make because Josh is suddenly like, oh my god, does Lara Jean have feelings with me? Feelings for me, and it seems like Josh might reciprocate potentially. Right. So she really, she still is very loyal to Margot, even though they're broken up. She's trying to be the good sister here, so she really has to like. She's so loyal to Margot because she won't date her boyfriend. <laughs> What an upstanding citizen. It's not that she just won't date her boyfriend. It's that she'll actively go out of her way to discourage Josh Yeah, because she's a good person. Okay, yeah. Paige and I heavily disagree on this point. Not this point. Later. No. We'll get to that. Whatever. So anyway, she decides to start dating Peter because Peter also wants to make Jen Genevieve jealous because they just broke up. Genevieve has like a college boyfriend or something? Right. Super Which is creepy. creepy. There's a weird power dynamic there. Also, Never like, a good thing. If if you're the younger party in that relationship, if you're the high school student and a college student wants to go out with you, and I don't mean, like, your former high school boyfriend who was a year older than you and you're now a senior and he's now a freshman. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, if you're, like, a high school junior and some college guy or if you're a high school senior and some college guy who you've met after he was in college right. wants to date you. Like, that's a red flag because, like, why does he want to date a younger person? In high school. Yeah. Doesn't it make sense. creepy guys, and you should be really so. Wary Jen's being weird and cre- creepy and dating this college guy, and so Peter is trying to make Jen je- jealous, and um, Lara Jean is Lara Jean's trying to kind of throw Josh off the trail of her still being in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, "Let's fake date," and that's the plan. Yeah. So obviously, if you've like ever read any, like this is not a totally new plot right. idea that people would fake date to both gain something. Um, it's a business transaction. Yeah, it's a business. And, like, this has been the plot of other things as well. And a lot of times, obviously, what happens to people that fake date end up actually, like, developing real feelings for each other. Spoiler, that's what happens here. Yeah. <laughs> so, they fake date for a while. And, like, I thought, like, Peter is... I guess I liked him a little bit more as the book goes on because you see right. his character development. Right. And I thought, for the most part, I liked him as a character because he was, like, a normal guy. A lot of, like, YA novels that are about love stories or relationships, which is, like, every single one. I don't know what YA novel is not a love story. Someone write me if you can think of one. Mm, I can't all of anything. the ones we've read have, like, if not their central focus, but at There's least always some, and like, main side romantic plot. angle. Right. Like, relationships. Sometimes it doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. But, like, every <laughs> YA novel. Um, anyway. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. A lot of times, like, the love interest in a YA novel, the guy is, like, the super perfect, like, no flaws. Like, there's not a teenage guy in high school. And Peter is, like, more of, like, a normal person. Right. Like, he doesn't do, like, perfect things. He doesn't right. say perfect things. And he's... Right. And he's... Actually, I think both Chris and Margot discourage um, Peter and Lara Jean dating because mm-hmm. Peter kind of has a reputation for being not like horrible, but like he's a high, like he has a reputation for being like a typical high school boy. Yeah. Um, and so and he's obviously been in a relationship with Genevieve, who is like not really a very nice person. No. So again, if you date someone who's not really very nice, like probably you're not really very nice. I don't either. think Genevieve is like that. That mean. Like, we only see her through the eyes of Lara Jean. But on the ski trip? She's not super, like, she's not nice, but whatever. She's also mad that Lara Jean's dating 
I feel like she's not just, like, a, just a horrible human. Like, that's her only character trait, which is, like, when we read the ballet book, pretty tiny little <laughs> things or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, Bet is really portrayed as, like, she has no redeeming qualities. And, like, we don't see that. We don't see redeeming qualities of Jen, but we also, like, don't know a lot about her. And there's something going on with her that we find out not really about because Peter keeps going to Jen's house. And Largin confronts him about it and is like, if we're fake dating... <laughs> you need you to act like we're fake dating. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's not what you think it is at Jen's house. That he's not going over there to, like, hang out and, like, make out with her. That there's something else going on and that she is kind of going through something. And, and Peter's acting as kind of a support system for that. And, like, maybe there are some malicious intentions with Genevieve trying to, like, steal him back through that. But it really seems like there must be something going on with her that he is trying to, like, console her about. Well, I don't remember issue. any of this, quite honestly, because it's the Genevieve plot was not central to my reading of the novel. Well, I wanted to know what was happening. I This is in the ending. We get very little closure, I felt, and that was one of the things I felt like we didn't get closure on. Was, because Peter, like, swears, and I, like, believed him. Peter swears that nothing is happening, that he's just going over. I mean, he, I like, does it. also just friends as well. I know, but, like, it, I don't know what's going on with Genevieve because I don't remember. They don't tell us. I don't remember if anything's going on with Genevieve. They don't tell us, but Peter's going over to his her house all the time. Yeah, so what? Why does that mean that she has some then, deep trauma happening? Because Peter is like, because then Largene confronts him and is like, why do you keep going over to Genevieve's yeah, house? Yeah, I know, I remember that. And then he's like, it's not what you think it is, like, blah, 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 blah. I'm just, th- like, she needs, she, she needs me sometimes. Yeah, it, like, okay, seems like so a supportive what? Well, it doesn't mean, like, something horrible is happening, just that she wants someone to talk to. It could be yeah, much right. more normal than, like, I don't, I don't remember. Right, we don't know, that. though. And it seems, to me, it seemed like, Paige doesn't remember, so I don't know why she's arguing with me about this, but. <laughs> I think I remember if Genevieve had, like, horrible stuff going down. Well, we don't know, but the way <laughs> that Peter talks about. <gasps> okay, so about- you have no evidence is what you're saying. Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, my point about Genevieve being a mean person is that, well, let's go, can we skip to the ski trip now? Because that's where stuff happens. They fake date for a while. Marco comes home before they go on the ski trip. What? Marco comes home before they go on the ski trip. Oh, also, she yes, she does. And also, what? Laura, Laura Jean gets kissed by Josh. So all these are real important. Okay, well, then you start with that. And I eventually want to talk about why I saw Genevieve as, like, um, not really nice person. That doesn't happen until the ski trip. What okay. Talk about before that. So then it's like Christmas time, and well, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving happens, and Laura Jean does an okay job. Something that she's been worried about the whole book is like filling in for Margot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Thanksgiving happens, and they decide to put up the tree, and Josh comes over while they're putting up the tree because again, Josh is like a part of their family, and after for some reason, Kitty and the dad will have to leave. And so it's just Largene and Josh left at the house cleaning up after they put the tree up. And Christmas then, happens after the ski trip. What? Christmas happens after the ski yeah, trip. Yeah, but they put up the tree before Margo gets home. Oh, okay. Margo <laughs> just said the ski trip happened after Christmas, and it totally does not. Okay. Okay. Um. Go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't remember where it was. They put the tree up and Margo gets pissed. That's what you're going for, right? Margo comes home. What are we no, talking about? Josh kissed Oh, her. I don't know what we're talking about. Josh kissed her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. So anyway, 
for some reason, Josh and um, Laura Jean are the only ones left at home. And then Josh kisses Laura Jean. And, yep. And she, like, kisses him back for a second and then is like, stop, get out, what the heck are you doing? And so there's just, like, this awkward moment. I don't think they really address it. He just, like, leaves. And then she's like, whoa, that was weird. Um, well, now that Josh has received Laura Jean's letter, and, like, he's broken up with Margot, and so then, obviously, he, like, starts to dwell on this fact that Laura Jean needs to have a crush on him or whatever. Okay. Um, and so he's also realizing that he has had feelings for Laura Jean in the past as well. Has more. <laughs> and now also, like, he has a crush on her as well. And Laura Jean realizes, like, after sort of Margot gets, Margot breaks up with Josh after the letters are sent, that the letter didn't totally work out in Josh's case, that she also kind of still has feelings as well, but she's still trying to, like, push those down, obviously. Right, because she understands that. (laughs) (laughs) I am of the opinion that once you date one sister, you can't date another one. Like, I'm sorry, you picked the wrong sister, you actually love the other one. Maybe you should have thought a little bit harder before you asked the first one out on a date. But, like, you can't go through and just, like, date your way through the sisters, it's not allowed. It's against the rules. It's against all the rules. Okay, we're going to talk about that piece a little bit more. All of the rules. Michelle's going to keep saying it I until don't... we finally get to the part we actually discuss it. Well, they just kiss, so I can discuss it now. This is when I decided I didn't like Josh. It's when he kissed Margo. Or not okay. Margo, when he kissed Margo. Josh is like, becomes more and more confused as the novel goes on. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's the worst. Anyway, then Mar- okay, he's the worst. <laughs> and then Margaret Josh is like a very nice, very sympathetic character. Then Margaret goes home and she's like really ticked because they put up the tree and they bake cookies without her. She's horrible. I think that's the best word for it because she's not like being like outwardly mean. She's just being like super passive aggressive about all of it and it's annoying. Which I understand like when you're away and your family like does stuff like put up the Christmas tree. I understand that that would like, that would make me mad. In right. fact, I, all the times I've been like away from home for long periods of time when I was at college or whatever, I would, like, schedule our Christmas tree decorating because I wanted to be there for it. Right. So we would do it, like, if I came home for Thanksgiving or something. Usually when I came home for Thanksgiving, that was the best time to do it. Because um, I thought it was important for all of us to be there, especially important for me to be there. Right. Um, so I understand that, obviously. No, from I definitely- Margaret's also been abroad as well. She hasn't just been in, like, Maryland or Wyoming. Wyoming. Um, Wyoming. I can't speak. <laughs> also, the more I, like, listen to our recordings, there's just me, like, tripping over words, like, all the time. And that both of us are doing that about right. 50% I, of the time. Yeah. Um, and I also say, like, I mean, we both say, like, a lot. A lot. I've said, like, about 15,000 times or so. <laughs> um, which I understand makes me seem like... <laughs> mm, not so to get shut up. We're not gonna start counting because we're not gonna ever like be able to stop. It just makes it worse. We we um, can we could probably stop if we really wanted, but it's a lot of work, and I'm not gonna be a public speaker professionally, so I don't really care. Yeah, so I know Th doesn't make us sound super intelligent. The fact that we can't stop saying like, but also like is a useful word. That is Why are you talking about this? <laughs> because from a linguistic standpoint. Okay. Anyway, Margaret comes useful home. Word. I have more comments on Margaret. I can coming home because as much as I like called Margot names and says that she was the worst, I think I would have exact acted exactly the same way. <laughs> but that doesn't make it the best way to act. <laughs> it's something to be annoyed and like that your family put up the tree and like be like out. Like I would be very straightforwardly annoyed about that. But she also just starts like taking it out and like 
these like weird, like subtle, vicious ways on her like sisters. I probably would have done that. That are unrelated to the matter she's actually upset about. Right. Which I understand is supposed to be like she's been away and so she's just like can't process. Like also, freshman year of college is like the worst. No, it's not. It is the worst. What are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) The freshman year of college is the worst. Why? Because you, like, don't know anyone, and you're in a totally different new life situation, you have to take care of yourself now, and it's it's hard that, to be a freshman in college. I don't know. I didn't have, like, a super hard adjustment or anything like that. I did. I had most of the people I talked to did. Okay. Paige is super well-adjusted, though. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said <laughs> freshman year of college was not any, is not really significantly different from what other years of college. I don't know. Oh. Whatever. Maybe Paige just had an overall crappy college Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, Margot comes home. Then she goes on the ski trip. Like, shortly after. Um, yes. The ski trip happens before Christmas. I also want to say that, like, Margot doesn't get home on Christmas Day. When is she at home? Like, two weeks before Christmas. I don't know. I don't know the chronology of this. Look, whatever. it's in my notes, Margot. Wow, that was a dark turn. <laughs> That's when the ski trip happened. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then blah, 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 blah. Ski trip. And then the end of the book. All right. Um, also, th- throughout the, like, the novel, throughout this first semester of Margot being gone, Laura, she will, like, make international, she'll, like, want to talk to her sister or whatever. She'll make international calls to her sister, so which are super pricey. She was Skyping her. No, well, they do Skype sometimes, but she's also just made, like, international phone calls, which are, like, not cheap at all. So, like, use Skype or Viber or WhatsApp or, like, literally anything else. At some point, she sends a care package. And that's super expensive because they're they're heavy. Like you're not sending like side down. If you're sending a care package, you're probably gonna send like something. You're gonna send stuff, and it's gonna be heavier than side ounces. And weight starts adding up like super fast if you put like right. And then Margot's gonna have to go pay customs for that. Yeah, it's not only like a ton of money to ship. The the person receiving it internationally has to go pay fifty bucks. Yeah, get it from customs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so don't. Have things sent to you because you don't have to pay for it. And don't send things to the people. It's so expensive. I don't understand why they do that. Anyway, let's move on. The ski trip. Lara Jean has been talked into going on a ski trip by Peter. Right. They're going mm-hmm. as... They're, this is like their last hurrah as a fake couple because mm-hmm. um, they planned on this Got trip really before. But then... Now. But then... Um, Peter decide Or Peter... Largy decides that she's, like, good with Josh now. They talked about the letter, and she's feeling good, so she no longer needs this fake relationship. Um, but Peter convinces her that their ski trip should be their, like, last fake couple thing that they do. Yeah, Peter still wants some more advantage out of it with Genevieve, obviously. Yeah. So, they go on the ski trip together, and stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. But the real thing that happens, the, like, important part that happens, mm-hmm. is that... I don't know why people are so unsupervised also. Because they're like high school old people. I wouldn't chaperone a bunch of high schoolers and just let them run around a hotel. Like, we check you all into That's rooms. A lot. We make sure that all the boys and girls only, are in their separate rooms. It's only the. They're like in a cabin by themselves. What? They're in a cabin by themselves. Who? The high school. It's like a huge lodge. They're in there by themselves. It's not other people. Yeah, but, like, as a chaperone, you're, like, very, like, once it's, like, nighttime, like, time for bed, like, you're very, you're keeping a very close eye on the fact that boys well, and girls are very separate. Right. No, but they did, they did their thing before bed. <laughs> so, Laura Jean, anyway, there's drama on the ski trip. Peter leaves. Chris leaves. No one's staying out with freaking Laura Jean. And then Laura Jean decides she's still in love with Peter. I don't remember why. What? She, like, decides she loves Peter. And she goes and makes out with him. In a no, hotel. she doesn't. 
That's exactly what happens. They, like, end up going to the hot tub. Again, I don't really know why there's someone chaperoned. I don't... Well, because at 11 o'clock's curfew, so they can, like, kind of hang out and do whatever until curfew. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, Peter and Laura Jean end up alone in the hot tub, and Laura Jean, I guess, is becoming more tired. But she's not in love with Peter yet. She just, like, kind of likes him. She's starting to develop more of a crush on Peter. Whatever. So they end up kissing, but that's it. That's all that happens. They, like, make out in the hot tub. Okay, fine. But that's all that happens. Also, she's wearing, like, her nightgown. What? In the hot tub. And then she's, like, real wet, and she has to, like, walk back to her her apartment (laughs) soaking. I don't think she's, like, all the way in, but I think she was like, I'm going to sit on the edge. And then, which is, like, you always think that's going to happen, and this is going to work out, and you're never going to get your clothes wet, and then (laughs) we'll always get your clothes wet. Um, So now she's a soaking wet nightgown, and she has to go to bed in. But anyway, so they make out. Someone sees them. It's unclear who. And then a rumor gets started about them. Yeah, and so then they are also supposed to be on the bus back to school. School, back to home back to the houses. next day. The bus, I'm sure, doesn't go to each individual <laughs> house. They go to the school and they get picked up by their family. No. Yes. Just out. three hours the bus trip. <laughs> um, it only took four to get down from the mountain, but now it's an extra three because we're going to each person's house. In the same Hope time. you're the first. <laughs> Hope you're the first house. Um, and so someone saw them in the hot tub together. And tells everyone that they had sex in the hot tub the night before. Which is gross. Yeah, which is disgusting. <laughs> a. And Larjean's, like, mostly offended because she th- she's like, people, I would not have sex in, like, a public hot tub. Like, this is yeah. a hot tub that everyone was using, That's like, disgusting. minutes before. And anyone could walk past. And obviously someone did because they saw them making out. And Wait, also, like, it's, like, attached to the lodge. Like, you probably could just look out the window. Yeah, I... <laughs> Don't totally know the floor plan, but, like... I'm sure there's some windows that look that way. It's a public space, and it's just... The whole thing is disgusting. The whole idea of it. Um, and so everyone knows. So, this rumor gets spread about everyone that Peter and Lara Jean had sex in the hot tub. And at first, Lara Jean thinks that, like, Peter said something. And he is very adamant that he did not start the rumor. He didn't say any of that. Which is good, because that would make him... Horrible, that person. Makes him a horrible person. But as she, I think, pointed out as well, did you say that that didn't happen? Because the rumor obviously has reached Peter too. And the thing is, Peter didn't say that they have, he didn't start that rumor and he didn't confirm it. But the fact that when pe- people brought that rumor to him and asked, he didn't say that that's not what happened. He didn't correct anyone they know, like, we just made out. He was just like, if you don't deny it, You've implicitly confirmed it right. at that point, and that's what's the really big problem. It's not that he started the rumor, it's that he didn't do anything to stop it, and he didn't correct it and say that's not what happened. So now, Lara Jean is obviously, like, justifiably Distraught. furious, and also, like, yeah, like, really she, upset like, about this. She, the whole she way home. The and the buses stopped off at her house last. <laughs> pretty bad for me to like cry on like a school that's full of other like that'd be horrible like yeah that's pretty I'm bad gonna, i'm not gonna cry in public i think i would have cried ever i'm not gonna cry in public if that rumor had been started about me i would have cried and i've been like that's so gross okay first people think that like you've had sex with peter and hot tub i'm not gonna compound this shame by crying in front of them whatever anyway but this is why Genevieve <laughs> is like Genevieve also goes up to Lara Jean and is, like, really mean to her about it. Yeah. Because she's mad about Peter, but she also, like, you know, calls Lara Jean a slut and whatever. So, 
Does she do that? Yeah, there's a reason that I Genevieve is pegged as a mean oh. girl. It's because she's mean. Yep, I do have that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she's also, she's been holding a grudge against Laura Jean since, like, eighth grade because Peter and her kissed during Spin the Bottle. So, like, not something that Laura Jean initiated anyway. But Genevieve's been mad about it since eighth which is a little ridiculous. That's not real. That is real. I it's know it's book. real, but it's, like, not oh. real. That's not a what? real thing. What? That would never happen in real life, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, you're not making that very clear. You're just like, I know, that's what I clarified! Oh, God. You don't have to yell. Look at our recording. Um, you can delete that part. Okay. So, then they, Laura, Jean, and Peter, I don't know if you break up when you've only been fake dating, but they fake break up at least. That scene yeah. is that. Um, and well, they were, like, starting to, because they had the, like, makeout sesh, yeah. so it was, like, turning into something real, mm-hmm. but then they broke up their fake and potential real relationship. Yeah, the that's the time. end of that. Because if you, if you let everyone think that we had sex in a hot tub, like, right. Anyway, so then it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. They get a puppy. <laughs> Christmas happens. I don't know, nothing really exciting happens on Christmas. It's the next day that's exciting. It's yes, the next they, day they have the party. They have this, like, recital party. Which sounds like the worst. Yeah, it does. <laughs> As someone who played piano since first grade and had to do all those recitals, I hate recitals. They're horrible. So anyway, they have this recital party where they like, like it's like a talent show just for them, mm-hmm. and they invite everyone over. And like Margot is gonna play piano. I guess when they were younger, Margot and Laura Jean would play piano together and sing Christmas carols. But and Margot's obviously like really good at this, and Laura Jean is like. I don't like to perform, and I think Laura Jean is also, like, really not that musically inclined, so she's like, this nope. just sucks for me, because yeah. Margo's talented. Is like, two years older, and also, I can, like, like play the maracas. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, part of, and they hadn't done this since their mom was alive, mm-hmm. so they were both really young last time they did it, and part of the routine they normally did was, had, um... Laura Jean dress up in her mom's heels in, like, a fox fur stole, and, like, lie on the piano <laughs> Sing a song, which, like, when your child is, like, eight, that's, like, kind of cute. Baby is cold outside. Yeah. That horrible, horrible song. Which, when it's eight, you can, like, pretend that's cute. But when your child is now 16, they, like, have to cut that. Because now, at 16, like, now you just have some, like, creepy Lolita stuff happening. Yeah, but it's also deeply disturbing when you're eight. Like, I don't think there's any age at which that's not disturbing. Maybe if you're, like, two. I don't think there's any age at which that's not disturbing. Anyway, so they're going to have this party. Because then you're forcing, like... A child who doesn't understand at all to, like, play this creepy, crazy role. And the last one they had, Laura Jean really didn't attend. She got mad about the dress that the mom picked out, and she hid in her room the entire time. And so Mm. there's, like, some trauma associated with it. Yeah, she, like, didn't go to the last one her mom was alive for. And so now Margo's like, we're going to have another one, and it's going to be the day after Christmas. And Laura Jean's like, I don't want to play the piano because I freaking hate playing the piano. And Margo's like, it's fine, I'll play the piano. And then Kitty's like, I'm going to do Taekwondo! And then (laughs) Laura Jean's like, I'm going to (laughs) watch. Yeah, so Margo is still, like, mad and, like, taking it out in weird ways. So she's kind of, like, steamrolling her sister into this thing that she really is not comfortable with. Whatever, she wants to do it. She's in Scotland. She can do what she wants. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then Kitty, who is in the business of screwing things up for Lara Jean. Obviously, Peter had been invited before shit went down on the ski trip. And um, Kitty decided to, because Peter is sort of like, become friends with Kitty the same way that Josh was friends with Right, because, like, they hung out at the house. Like, everyone, no one knew that this was fake dating except Peter and 
um, lodging. Everyone else, so, like, the, both the families thought yeah. they were really dating, and, like, everyone thought they were really dating. So, he, like, came over to family dinner sometimes and, like, hung out with the family. Mm-hmm. And so, there's also, dating. like, this subtle rivalry. Well, it's not that subtle, really. <laughs> it's not subtle at all. This rivalry happened yeah. between Josh and Peter, because Josh was friends with this issue before, and now it seems like Peter is trying to encroach on this, and again, no one's really sure that Peter's really, you know, a good guy or anything. Also, yeah. so they're also trying to, like, Margot protect. makes it very clear that she does not think he's a good guy. Margot's really like clear and neat about that so yeah that's good Margo like turns into the worst she I like loved Margo <laughs> I loved Margo in the beginning and then I was like oh my gosh Margo and I like I get it I get that like maybe you're like mad about stuff but this has been like two weeks calm but now down. you're being like vicious and like it's too far it's too much well it's just too long like you can do this for like a little bit you can be <laughs> pissed like that for like a day or two but that's like it's Christmas yeah, also, Put like, some Christmas cheer. Eat a cookie. Family holidays, like, it's also time to, like, table, like, yeah. the family drama. Oh, which they do not which do. Which never happens. This is, like... But you should. You should try. So, the chapter about the party, they're actually having the party, is, like, my worst nightmare. The, mm-hmm. the, like, the worst thing. That, like, these letters, I would send out, like, a hundred letters before I would let what happened at this party happen. Wait, what happened? In my real life. Now I don't know. When the boys fight. Oh, what's about? Wait, why didn't you like that? So that's what happened, basically. Peter and John. Why didn't together. I like that? Because they're okay. So they're having this party. There's a lot of family invited. Like it's all their family friends, and Josh is invited, obviously, and Peter is Kitty also invited. Invited Peter because she sucks. So they're and both there, but also there's so many families, and then the boys start loudly. I mean, they're like trying to be quiet, but, sort like, of. But back in the kitchen, away from the guests. I don't care. Someone overhears. Aunt Susie well, overhears. Margo overhears. Well, Margo's the worst. But they start fighting about, Josh like, I can't believe you would, blah, 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 I don't know. Well, Josh knows that Peter knows what happened from Laura Jean's side of the story. He knows that Laura Jean didn't have sex with Peter on a hot tub. And obviously she's, like, really, really upset about everyone thinking that she did. Josh understands, has her side of the story, so he is ready to fight Peter. Um, Which is And they're just, like, yelling about whether Laura Jean had sex in the hot tub or not, and who Laura Jean's in love with. And this would... And I'm, and then Margo over here is also maybe other people over here. Like, no, I think it's just that, like, the fighting is happening during the party, but they're back. The guests don't don't know. But it's Laura Jean, Margo, Peter, and Josh that end up in this fight. Um, this sounds like the worst thing ever. I would just, like, cry. I would be like, stop. You need to leave my house now. I'm going to kill all of you. That's why we get murderous, because, like, now we're no longer just keeping our secrets between the two of us. Now we've (laughs) declared it to this entire party. Well, this is also because Margo. Overhears, yeah, because um, they're yelling, <laughs> and there's like twenty to fifty people at their house. It's I don't think any of the guests here, though. Margot's in the kitchen because she's like getting stuff. Okay, well, maybe none of the guests here, but I don't care. Like that's too stressful. Okay, that's fine. The possibility of someone hearing is like sure. worse than some freaking boy that I liked in eighth grade getting a letter. Yeah, but this is how Margot overhears that Josh tried to kiss. Lara Jean, and so Margot is now super mad, and obviously she gets, she gets mad at Lara Jean because Josh tried to no, kiss he, her. No, he kicks, she kicks, she kicks Josh out of the house, and she says, how could you do that? It's my sister. Yeah. And then she gets mad at Lara Jean. She gets mad at both of them. It's not, like, just getting mm-hmm. mad at Lara Though Jean. it's not Lara Jean's fault. Lara Jean, <laughs> Lara Jean did kiss him back. There is some... But she didn't initiate it. No. And she stopped it. No, I'm not saying Margo's in the clear here, but... Because she's not. <laughs> but yeah. I think there's also, like, Lara Jean didn't mention it. And, like, well, yeah. I don't know Maybe because she knew that Margo was going to flip out. 
She's trying to protect her sister. Whatever. I don't think I don't think Laura Jean is completely innocent in this situation either. Why? Because she didn't say anything to her sister. She like she's clearly justified. No. Because watch what happens when her sister found out. I well okay so I don't think it's uh, if someone should have told Margot should have been Josh because it was Josh's fault he was the one who did it. Um, but it's her sister, like, so she should tell her sister. I don't know. I don't think Laura Jean's completely in the clear. She also kissed him back. Like, if they would have just been more open, I don't know. Like, I would have Margo been mad anyway? The point is, Margo I blows it. something that I didn't hear. What did you say? I want you to find in the text where it says that Laura Jean kissed him back. Where did that happen? Do you have notes? What page? Mm, let's see. I said I didn't like Josh on page, like, 270, um, but Margot also refuses to let Largene explain, and she gets, like, I understand that maybe you're just sort of, like, irrationally angry that your sister kissed your boyfriend, even if it's not her fault, even if it was Josh that initiated it, and it's Josh that really the bulk of your anger should be placed at. I understand that, like, maybe you're mad at your sister just because, um, but Margot, like, like, won't, like, won't listen to an explanation, and just, like, holds on to this anger in, like, really destructive ways. She ends up telling, which I, which is, like, way over the line by, like, a million miles, that she tells their father that Laura Jean and Peter have been having sex, which yeah. is a lie, and Margot knows it. No, that's something I, like, yeah, that's not okay. Obviously. That's the worst. Also, I found where, I was not listening because I was looking for the line. <laughs> no, I was looking for the line. I know, I know. Largene kissed him back. So, okay, this is the kissing scene. It's on page 277. Actual evidence. <laughs> sources, guys. Um, he, his face darkens. He glares at me. I glare back. Fine, he yells. I'm jealous. Are you happy now? Then he jerks his head towards mine and he kisses me on the lips. His eyes are closed. Mine are wide open. And then mine closed too. And for a second, just for a second, I kiss him back. And then I break away and push him off. Then she runs to her room and is like... But she just kiss him back. I feel like, I, yeah. And she closes her eyes. like, in shock. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I feel like it's really not that big of a deal. Not as big as, I, I don't, okay. I don't know what we're arguing, like, how. <laughs> what are we arguing Because I feel like Laura Jean should have told Margot and also has some part of this to blame. And do you believe that she's completely 100% in the clear? She didn't kiss him. Do you? And I answered <laughs> Do you believe he's in the, she's totally in the clear. But she is at no fault of this. She, like, Margaret cannot be mad at her because nothing was her fault. And she shouldn't have done anything differently. I can see that perhaps she should, stop laughing, I'm answering your question. (laughs) I can see that perhaps she should have told Margot about it. But I also understand from her perspective that Margot is on another continent. She's broken up with Josh, that it'd be super awkward to tell her about it, and then it would just, it would just, like, damage her relationship with, damage Margot's relationship with Josh, and perhaps Margot's relationship with her. So I understand that, like, maybe she thinks Margot, it'd be better if she didn't know, and if nothing ever happens again. And okay. again, if, if, if Margot and Josh were still dating and this happened, yeah, there's a big problem. Lars Jean should definitely tell her. But Margot and Josh, technically they have no relationship now besides friends. Yeah. Margot, though, is still... This is what I don't like about it, is that Margot is acting like she still has this special claim on Josh when she broke up with him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so now we can have this fight about 
Well, we're not going to come to any resolution because we both have, like, opinions that we're unwavering on. But as a sister of two sisters, I think if you date one sister, like, you cannot date another sister. And I think that's the way it goes. Sorry. Like, if you pick the wrong sister, too bad for you. But, like, you can't cycle through because then it can create tension between sisters. And if feelings are, like, totally resolved, like, the familial relationship between sisters is more important than the potential for you to, like, fall in love. Even if you're soulmates. Sorry. Screw you. Sorry. Maybe you should have been unhappy life alone. (laughs) Well, like, sorry you couldn't figure it out on the first try. Like, you can't just date your way through sisters. I'm not saying that you can't date anyone who has a sister, but you can only date one person in a family. I agree that you shouldn't date your way through sisters, obviously. I don't think that's exactly... Josh is going to date Kitty next. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that's exactly what's happening here. You just have to wait for her to age up a little (sighs) I don't think that's going to happen. Um, here's where Nichelle and I disagree. No, I don't think you should date your way through sisters. And I do think that if there's, like, unresolved feelings... And which clearly they are from how Margot reacts. I know, which is why Laura Jean has not... To be clear, Laura Jean has not initiated any sort of romantic contact or relationship with Josh. Laura Jean knows that. She's not doing it. It's not a lot... Not acceptable in any situation. Laura... Oh my god, you're talking about something that's not happening. Lara Jean is not... But Josh wants it to happen. What that's not what? Lara Jean's fault. I'm not she saying that is Lara, Lara Jean's fault. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's okay. Here's... <laughs> second to a dog now. Um, <laughs> Dog's distressed by Paige's crying. <laughs> crying. So keep a D. Here's where Nichelle and I disagree. I think it's okay to date another sister if... If, as long as there's no, if the other sister clearly has not actually gotten over the breakup, if it was a really hard breakup, and, like, if the sister was the one broken up with, I don't think that's okay. Um, if there's any unresolved feelings, if it's something that's going to cause tension, blah, blah, blah. I think if it was, like, a clean breakup, and the sister wanted out as well, and, like, everyone was fine with it, and she, if she's fine with it, she's moved on, and it's not something that was this horribly wrought, like, tragic, emotional thing... And he decides to date another sister, and everyone's okay with it. I think that's fine. Like Nichelle asked me what I would think if someone who had I had broken up with then dated her, and I would be fine if it was a clean breakup. Like if I mean, obviously, if we broke up because he was a horrible person, I wouldn't be okay with him dating Nichelle because he's a horrible person. <laughs> um, but if it was fine and. We both mutually decided to break up, and I moved on. I don't see the problem with I wouldn't do that because I'm a person X dating Michelle. Michelle, though, is ridiculous, though. (laughs) No, I just, like, think that perhaps you wouldn't even know if you're – I feel like feelings are more complicated than that for the most part. And also, like, Laura Jean earlier thinks that Margot and Josh are going to get back together. Um, I don't know. Things are more complicated than they seem most of the time. And although, like, if things were, like, a totally clean break with no feelings remaining, then – I guess that would be fine. Um, I don't think that ever happens. I think there's always, like, or at least, like, most of the time, there's lingering feelings. And, like, how do you – I don't know if you can really get clarity on that until you're in the situation. And at that point, it might be too late. I don't know. I think it's a horrible, 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 but I, horrible oh idea to date siblings. I don't think it's, it's probably not ideal. Um, No. Like, worst case scenario. But I think as long as – Everyone's moved on. I don't see the problem with it. I mean, maybe, like, ten years down, like, 
let's say I dated someone in high school and then my sister dated them when we were in our late 20s. Like, that's fine. Enough time has passed at that point. Like, well, yeah, I don't think you should immediately get out of a relationship and go straight into... Which is what he's trying to do. <laughs> Again, we've talked... Josh is, like... Josh is the worst. Confused. Josh is not the worst. But he obviously, like, does not know what to do at this point. And he's confused by his own feelings. So. He just wants to be a part of the family and he'll date whoever gets him in. <laughs> he actually loves their dad and wants to be his son. Oh and so, like, <laughs> he's just... Whatever avenue gets him Korean barbecue sometimes. He's okay with he gets that no matter what, whether he's dating one of them or not. Whatever. I didn't like it. So anyway, then the fight gets... Re- Let's just finish this book. It's almost done. Yeah. This is, like, the very end. Um. So then the sisters resolve their fight, and Margot talks about how she, like, kind of misses being needed in the family. She's come home, and they don't need her anymore. Um. And that's been kind of hard for her. And she talks about how hard it was to be, like, so far away from her family for so long, and then to come back and not be needed and how then she's taking that out on other methods and this fight is resolved in like 30 seconds which doesn't seem super realistic to me but again the book is almost over so i guess we had to hurry up with that they're like mad for like two days but then they once they start talking they resolve the fight in like 30 seconds and again mama did some horrible things she went this is what i like can't believe happened that she went to their father and was like oh yeah large and peter have been having sex when she knows that's a lie and obviously she knows like how much like that's a horrible thing. Like, I, like, oh my god! Like, I just feel like that's no, so that's awkward. Like the worst. Your older sister goes to your father and tells him you've been having sex with. Like, that's horrible. That's horrible. And she, like, probably went at that point. She, if she was concerned about it, which again, we're under the impression impression that she's pretty aware that that didn't actually happen. Maybe she's not. No, she it's totally not, knows. Okay, we are not sure. We we're never told whether she knows or not. But, but she overhears all that stuff. I've been fighting about how right. Peter didn't correct the fact that they didn't have sex. Margo totally knows, but she knows it's okay, a really not, good way to get back to her sister. We're not told. So that's Peter's inference. No. And mine is slightly different. No. Um, look it up. I think she could, I think she's probably aware that that, I don't know if she's 100% sure that that didn't happen. But either way, it uh-huh. doesn't really matter because, yeah, you probably shouldn't go to the parents first off. You should probably go talk to your sibling. Margo, the first. thing is, Margo, Margo's not concerned at all about whether Peter and Laura do not shaving sex, but she no, but she wants to make her sister hurt. Now she just wants to like cause pain, and that's why she does it. She's not actually like, Dad, you should talk to Laura. You not having safe sex. She's not concerned about that. I, she I don't know if that's entirely true. That's not true. Yeah. Huh? It is not true. Yes, it is. <laughs> Why do you think? It's I mean, not? I think that made part of the motivation, but I think also <laughs> part of it is she. Like she's never liked Peter. Okay, fine, but um, maybe so, like maybe there's a secondary motivation that she wants them. She wants Peter out of Laura Jean's life. Fine, she doesn't do this out of concern for Laura Jean, though. I don't know if that's entirely true. Mm. I feel like she's not gonna just flip a switch and like hate her. Like that's not how that works. I think definitely part of it is she's being a little malicious because otherwise she would have just talked to Laura Jean herself. But I think another part of it is probably, like, Peter, like, this rumor was started, and even if it wasn't true, like, if Laura Jean is really dating Peter seriously, then, like, this is something that should be talked about with their dad, and or maybe have their dad overheard, too. They were screaming in the kitchen! (laughs) Her dad knew nothing about this. I don't know. I hate to villainize Margot, because I don't think it's fair to her, and I think that no, at the end of the book, she does, like, really mean things. I, like... Just because you do really mean things, I don't think means you just... All you want to do is destroy your sister. 
Like you could be like destroy her sister, but I'm saying that she did it completely out of malicious intent. She just so. wanted to hurt her sister because she felt hurt, so she's just doing it to get back at Largy. I don't think that's true. Why? I told you why. You just don't agree with me. <laughs> um. So that's pretty much the end of the book. <laughs> then Largy decides that she does love Peter, and she starts to write him a letter, and that's how the book ends. Yeah. So then she realizes that. Yeah. She is still in love with Peter. Maybe he kind of screwed up, but... Right. She's okay with it. And her and Margot made up. Be reconciled. She doesn't find out that Kitty was the one who sent her was until, like, the very end, but... Yeah. And she's kind of... She, like, is mad at Kitty for, like, a second. And she, like, is, like... Kind of bash Kitty said in. She doesn't do... Like, Kitty gets upset and runs upstairs to, like, go cry because she, like, told... Largy what happened and Largy isn't like it's fine because it wasn't fine and then Largy kind of feels bad for not going to comfort her and I was like this seems like an appropriate response like you're I'm sorry Kitty did a bad thing now she's sad like go comfort yourself Kitty <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong with not comforting her sister I think she handled it really like well and responsibly I think we see a lot of character growth from Largy in the beginning of the book I felt like Largy was not acting like she was 16 like she was in many ways acting like she was significantly younger and helpless um, in many ways. And by the end of the book, I feel like you, she has grown a lot in the way she interacts with her sisters and the way she kind of is able to take care of herself and take care of relationships in her life and communicate more effectively. I think we see a lot of growth in these, like, whatever, four months between when her sister leaves and then the kind of blowout at the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was nice. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't love the ending. I wanted more, like, confirmation, but there is a sequel. Yeah, they are setting up for a sequel, and I think it's okay in this case, because you wouldn't have wanted, like, the book is fairly long as it is. You wouldn't have them wanted, like, the reconciliation, like, whatever was going to happen with Peter later in that same book. Like, you need a second book. Yeah, I guess To me, it makes sense. I would have liked, even if, like, we hadn't totally reconciled with Peter, even if we had, like, just, like, an in-person meeting with someone. Like, obviously, things aren't going to be totally resolved because there's still drama with Josh, and we, like, don't know what Josh's deal is, but I would have liked a little bit more clarity on the issues with Peter and Jen, because I feel like there is more going on, and maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm just reading into that, but I feel like there's more going on there, and just, like, a little bit more... I don't know. I feel like it was... Like, once the boys fought, they, like, went home and didn't, like, do anything. I would have liked a little bit more effort from Peter's side, showing that, like, her yeah. feelings are reciprocated. Not that they needed to come to a total resolution, but just that, like, there were there was a reciprocity. Yeah, but I think that whole thing is for the sequel, though. Like, I understand I that, like, it left it unclosed, but that's because there's a sequel. That's literally what books with sequels do. They leave it unresolved. That's why there's a sequel. No, but it wouldn't have been resolved totally if there had been some reciprocity and we had seen just, like, an indication. Even if it had just been, like, Peter called. Because she, like, comments over and over again that Peter doesn't call after the Christmas party. Yeah, I understand that. But I think that's all sequel material. It okay. doesn't belong in this book. I'm not saying you're incorrect, but there's no reason that I can also be fine. We could have different opinions. <laughs> that's the moral of this podcast. Oh. Paige and I disagree about everything that happened in this book. <laughs> so, overall, we did like this book. Paige liked it more than me. I don't know why you say that. <laughs> it wasn't, like, my favorite book ever. It's not the best way novel I've read. It's not going to make it on the top ten list. Right. But I liked it. It was well, I thought it was well written. It wasn't like, 
yeah, crazy and like overblown. I thought the characters were like good and they were interesting and they were normal people. The characters and they responded great. in basically normal ways. Right. Like even if you disagree with the way they responded, it's nothing that you would. Yeah, there weren't right. like crazy contrived plot twists. No. So I thought overall it was a very yeah. I loved the characters. I felt the characters were great. Um, yeah. And I would be interested for the sequel, because then I think it sets up a lot of stuff that I would like to see resolved, which is the whole point of the sequel. So, just saying. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so if you have opinions on whether you can date more than one sister, um, or more it, than one brother, I don't know, maybe you can approach it from the other angle. I don't know what that's like either. Um, <laughs> Or well, that would weird. What if Josh had a brother? He's an only child, I think. Yes. Um, <laughs> or if you have opinions on whether Margot was purely doing it out of spite, or if, like, maybe she really did think Lara Jean, the daughter of, like, an OBGYN, needed to know about safe sex. Um, you can write to us, and you can give us your opinion. Um, or if you think that Genevieve is purely just an evil character with I didn't no say she was purely an evil character. I never said that. I said she was a stereotypical mean girl, which she was. And I didn't see anything in the plot that indicated that she had, like, really special circumstances at home. Other than, like, understood that she was also, she has a friendship with Peter outside of just the relationship they were in. And they've known each other for a long time, and sometimes she needs to talk to Peter. That, to me, means nothing more than normal stuff was happening. Anyway, if you have any opinions on those, you can write to us. We're both looking for someone to support our opinions. So, especially if you have read the text a little bit closer, slash remember it more than we do. I finished it last night, so... (laughs) So you have no excuse. But I finished it two weeks ago. (laughs) So after this podcast is over, if one of us turns up dead, you know who... You should tell the police. Um, so... Just an FYI. (laughs) But luckily, we're not recording the other podcast after this, so we're done. For the day. <laughs> okay. Are we going to read it? Let's recommend the book. I thought, read this one. This one's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's my recommendation. <laughs> we don't offer them in this book, but also, unfortunately, like, this had, like I said, a ton of, like, Little Women references. I think we're, like, totally intent. I think the authors definitely read Little Women. Um, I read Little Women, and I saw none of these, so. You also don't remember anything that happened in Little Women. <laughs> I saw I saw no more Jane Austen references, which Paige dismissed, and I don't. Sort of I, but, mm, but that's okay. I mean, they're sisters. Anyway, um, if you want to read this book, you should. It's great by a YA author of color, which is important. Yeah. We were I talking mean, about diversity last podcast mm-hmm. in books, and this has I feel like does a really great job of depicting both teens of color and comes from an author of color. Yeah, so, so. women of color and biracial. Um, Girls, which is part of the novel as well. Yep. Um, yep. Oh, I say. Oh, yeah. But if you really liked it, you would probably also really like Little Women. Just saying. All right. Which we already recommended. I know. We did. We did. So now we it really, it really was, cannot it was, recommend it again, even if we get the best Every time ever. we have a book with sisters in it, we're like, oh, I should read Little Women. But this one really works because there are, like, there are definitely strong similarities to Little Women. Okay. There, there are, and I explained them. Okay, I don't like. Not Why are you, you disagreeing with care. everything I I'm not disagreeing, I just don't care. <gasps> okay. We're gonna wrap this up before we kill each other. <laughs>
anyway, so on a scale of teal to magenta, we would give this book silver. So You might not know what that means, neither do I. It's okay. <laughs> we'll see you next time. If you have, wait. Wait. What? Did I tell you our email? <laughs> yes. If you'd like to weigh in on this highly controversial and very heated debate <laughs> on about 10 different issues, um, whether this book is anything like Little Women, um, I don't care if it's like Little Women. Don't email us about that. <laughs> do email us about that. Um, I'll respond. Put page in the subject line so I don't have to read it. <laughs> anyway, you can write to us at smartgirlsyasacks at gmail.com and we will definitely read it and answer it and maybe talk about it in our podcast. Maybe. Yep. Depends on how good your grammar is. <laughs> <laughs> Nichelle would know. Nichelle's definitely an authority on grammar. That's why you don't know.